the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday, what those episodes were. We take those highlights. We put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy what we've put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, so anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews. But otherwise, we've uh, we've done a little bit of heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what, from what you want to hear. But, you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure... If you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here and I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best of here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on Oral Sessions. I can't just call you the Iconics, right? I know you can't. I'm sorry. What are we going to do about this? What's the new name going to be? Have you guys been pondering new I- new names? Yes, we have been pondering, but have we settled on something? No. Is there like um like one of those little like brainstorming things that you're working with with different names popping off of it of what might work? Pretty much. We're, I mean, I feel like Cassie and Jesse just work so well together. So I don't know. And I think we want to like move forward with our real names. Oh my God. What, it, honestly, like I felt relieved when I could go back to my real name. I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm me again. I don't feel beholden to who Renee Young was. I mean, Renee Young gave me a great platform. She was a great time, but now we get to move on in this other direction. It's really cool. Yeah. It's very different. It feels weird that like BK is kind of like gone. It's, it's very strange. Do you feel like sad to say bye to Billy Kay? Very sad. Yeah, she was, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to get like emotional. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, shit, you guys spent so much time doing that and building this equity in yourselves and in these characters. Like, of course it's emotional. I really had to like grieve her. Like she's always a part of me, but like she's no longer out there. Like she's gone. So it's tough, man. It's very tough. Do you feel the same way, Cass? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, like, and it's funny, if I were to name myself now, I would name myself Peyton. I love the name Peyton. So, um, and then like, so Jess's birthday is coming up next month and I'm, I've been thinking about what I might get her. And I was thinking back to last year and I got- A trademark her- perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> last year I got her, um, I got her and myself name necklaces and her said Big Bill for Billy and mine said Payroll. And I looked at it, I saw it this morning and I was like, oh, it's such a nice necklace, but like, why am I going to wear it? And it cost me, cost me a pretty penny too. Oh, my leg. I did the exact same thing. I saw my necklace, my big bill necklace. And I was like, I don't know. It is a very interesting, like, uh, you know, Jess, you saying it being like a grieving process. It does feel like that. I mean, I feel the same way. I still get moments like that. And I've been gone for you know, seven, eight months at this point, something like that. And you get those moments of like, 
you just feel like you're like left out of things and you're away from your friends. Like I like aside from like my husband, who else am I really hanging out with? You know, like I hung out with people at work. So to now be away from that is like it's such a weird it's a mind fuck. It's exactly the same for us. Like after it happened, I was having all these feelings that I had never had before and, and my emotions were up and down and I was like, what's going on? And I got out my phone and I literally Googled, can you grieve the loss of a job? And I was looking at like the seven steps of grieving a job and just like all that. Cause I was like, I need to figure out what's happening right now so I can kind of push through and kind of move on with my life. Um, but that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I really am grieving right now. And I have to give myself that time to fully do that because I was like, I was so like stubborn, like, okay, I'm going to give myself two days, two days to sit on the couch. And then, and then I'm going to be back on top of the world. And then it turned into a week and then it turned into two weeks and then it turned into a month. And I was like, okay, stop putting a time on it. You're going to be fine when you feel better. You can't just like, there's no time to go through this properly. You just have to go through it. Was there any like steps or like suggestions on ways to deal with something like this? A lot of it is, I kind of already do it like meditation. Journaling is something that I've done reading because I stopped reading and meditating and that really helped. And then also like just, I was in the house. I didn't leave my house for like three weeks. I was just doing nothing. So just getting out of the house, going for a walk with my puppy um, and, and talking to my friends and family, because after it happened, I called Cass and I was like, I can't talk to anyone. Like my friends and family are calling me and I'm not answering on purpose because I just, I felt I was ashamed. I felt like I'd let everyone down. Everyone sacrificed so much for me to get here. And, and it was just over. It took me a long time to kind of talk to everyone. She was, Cass was the only one. And, and I hate to say, it, but I'm so glad we got released together because like, I mean, our journey has been like together this whole time. But if one of us hadn't had gotten released and one of us hadn't, like that would have been a completely different even 10 times worse. So I'm so glad that we can go through this together and really su- like support each other through this time. Cassie, how have you been holding up? I have my days. The first, I want to say three weeks was so rough, but these last couple of weeks, I've really just been focusing on trying to like schedule my days. I've got nothing to do. I've got no job. I've got nowhere to be. Who has anything <laughs> to do these days? But- <laughs> I feel like if I at least structure my days to have a plan, just take it day by day. Um, so I feel good overall, but I do have those days. Um, like last week, I cried myself to sleep one day and it just hits me out of nowhere and just these emotions. And now we're getting closer and closer to the end of the 90 days. And I can just feel those emotions like intensifying again when I finally feel like I've kind of had a grasp of them. So I'm a bit nervous for the next six weeks or however long it is, but um, it's been rough. And like Jess said, I was, I was embarrassed and it shouldn't, shouldn't be like that. We didn't do anything wrong. No, it was fucking shocking that this happened. Not to be, I need to stop swearing, but it was fucking shocking. You know, for my situation of, of walking away and I, I left after SummerSlam of last year and I was in Jacksonville with John. We were down there. They had a pay-per-view or something. I spent like a week or something out in Florida with John. And he was like, just take this time and relax. And I was like looking forward to it. But as soon as I actually left and was done, I was a crazy person. I couldn't like, I'm like calling my agent. I'm calling, like, I'm trying to like pitch show ideas. Like, I'm coming up with stuff. And John's like, pump the brakes. Like, it's really hard to adjust 
to that sort of pace that we've had in that work ethic that one needs to have in order to succeed in WWE and then trying to figure out what those next steps are. It's just so confusing and so many thoughts kind of come and go in your brain and it's, it's overwhelming. That's a really good point. And I actually didn't think of that. We're so used to this like incredibly fast pace that we live at and that we adapt at. Um, and to go from that to like nothing, maybe that's as well why I just needed a schedule for my day because we're just so used to go, go, go. And then being forced to stop. It's like, well, now I feel like I'm just being content with my life, which I'm not, but I feel like I have to be. And, and like you said, it's like, okay, what can we do? That's why Jess and I were like, let's do a podcast. And then we've, had, had, all these <laughs> we've had all these ideas for such a long time. And now it's like, okay, let's do them all, but we can't. Yeah. You like almost turn into like Tasmanian devil of like wanting to like throw everything against the wall. And you're like, I, I'm going to like, it's also like a feeling of wanting to like prove everyone else wrong as well too, of like, how dare you like put me in this spot or whatever. Like I have a lot to offer that you want to just like make your platform as big as and like impactful as you possibly, possibly can. Wow. Do I speak for a living? Is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> we're gonna get into like all of the good happy stuff uh, in a moment because it's not all doom and gloom and I I really truly am such a believer of like things happen the way that they are supposed to happen you guys are so immensely talented have such a passionate fan base like I can't imagine two other women that have been able to, or not even just women, two other performers that have been able to connect with their fan base the way that you guys have. And like I said, it was like, it was so shocking when this all kind of went down that it's all going to be fine, but it's going through this bullshit at first to kind of, you know, come out on the other side and figure out what's, what's going to make the most sense. So what happened when this, when like you get these phone calls, how did the phone calls go down? I think I was the first one that got called just because my tweet was the first one to kind of hit, hit Twitter, hit the world, as they say. Um, so I was literally just having lunch. I was about to go get a spray tan because it was Thursday. So I spray tan for Friday night Smackdown and, uh, I see my phone ringing and I answer and I didn't think what was going to happen was going to happen. I, I was like, schedules changed. They need me to do something. I just thought it was like work related. Um, and then when they said, we're going to release you from your contract, I was like holding the phone and, and I couldn't say anything. Cause I was like, what? Oh, what? And I, and I said, I was just like speechless. And I said, this is a lot. And, and then, you know, the phone call wrapped up and it ended and I was like frozen and I walk out and my husband was on the back patio with our puppy and uh, I walk out and we joke a lot. And you know how there's always like fake wrestling news and all that kind of stuff. So I just said, babe, I'm not, I'm not joking. I, I just got released. And his face dropped and seeing that made my heart break even more. And we honestly just spent the next two hours crying together out on the patio. It was like 4.30 when it happened. So I rang my family at about five. I spoke to all of them and they are just so loving and supporting. So that really helped. Um, but it was just, a sh it was such a shock. I wasn't expecting it at, at all. And then my husband went and got me donuts. So that was nice. So I was in the middle of a, a massage in my bedroom. Great timing. Doesn't get better. 
And so Ronnie, uh, the run dogs, Sean Spears, whatever you want to call him, the husband walks in or he knocks on the door, he walks in, he says, I think you should look at your phone. So I looked at my phone and I saw a text from Jess saying I just got released. Um, and I also had a missed call from work and a text saying, call me. So I was like, well, I'm done. Um, so I tried to call back and there was no answer. So um wrapped up that massage real quick. I said, I have to rebook you, mate. Um, so so we, uh, Ronnie and I sat on the couch just waiting for the call to come back. And thank gosh he was home because if this was a Wednesday and he was at work and I was by myself, oh boy, I can't even imagine dealing with that just alone in my house. He was reassuring me everything's going to be okay. You're fine. Like it's going to be okay, I promise you. And I just felt this overwhelming sensation of relief like the world lifted off my shoulders almost. Um, And so then when I finally had the call and it lasted no more than 60 seconds and it was, we're invoking our whatever contractual rights to um, release you. And I was like, okay, I mean, I saw that coming purely from your text and seeing all the tweets, but so it wasn't easy. Like I had, I felt relief and I was like, okay, everything's going to be all right. But then it was like, I spent the next 24 hours crying so I was like like what what did I do like what could I have done god now I'm getting emotional (laughs) um and I just had to realize that there was nothing I did or didn't do because I know in myself and I know Jess we were good employees we were the first ones there at TVs we dressed like professionals and superstars um we were polite we were respectful I know we didn't do anything wrong and we were just victims of budget cuts Um, so that's something that I've had to just realize and, and just know is the truth. We didn't do anything wrong. I think it was just so confusing for everybody. I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's so different being in your guys' shoes, but for me, even just looking at my phone and being like, wait, like the Iconics are gone. Samoa Joe is gone. Like what? It just seems to me like, um, mismanagement of talent And, you know, you can kind of look back on how big the roster is and signing everybody in the world, every indie wrestler now all of a sudden falls under this umbrella that you have amazing talent there that doesn't get the proper attention that they deserve in order to succeed in those positions. And, you know, you guys being able to take that, the the TV time that you were given and be impactful with it, you know, Jess, that was something that I said about you about like, even when they split you guys up of it was just like, what you guys are splitting up the iconics during like the, the brand extensions and, and whatnot, but to be able to take those little moments and actually make something of it, you know, like you, you still were, you were booked on TV, like days before that this all happened. It was just so confusing for everybody. But did you guys feel, um, I guess, was there a feeling at a certain point that that things just weren't really going the way that you wanted them to be going on the main roster? It was when they split us. I had a vision for myself um, if I was going to be a singles competitor, uh, and I just don't think anybody else understood that vision or believed in me, um, whereas I, I knew deep in myself I have so much more to offer than, I'm, than, than I can just because I'm not booked, <laughs> not on TV. Um, and if I am, it's for 30 seconds or whatever it is. Um, so I kind of realized when, when I just wasn't being used, I don't know. I was kind of like, just push through, just push through. I wasn't happy, but I was like, just push through. Everyone goes through this phase. I guess that was the end of the phase, but 
my last match was with Oscar, and I just after the match, um, and it was like three weeks before WrestleMania, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I said to myself, I'll be okay if that was my last match. I know I wasn't happy, but I wasn't considering retiring or something like that. I just had this overwhelming feeling, you'll be okay. You, I'll be happy if this is my last match. I'm okay with it. Jess, did you ever have a feeling like that of like just when things were maybe not going in the direction that you guys deserved the direction to be going in? I mean, the split was rough. I just, I didn't know who I was as a singles competitor. Um, and that was very like confronting, um, having Cass kind of not with me anymore. I, I, I remember like, I was like, oh, I have to walk to the ring and she's not going to be to my left. So don't look to your left or don't hold your hand out because she's not going to be there. You're going to look weird. And then for some reason I was like, okay, um, I have to be, you know, sexy and, and I have to, but I just, I was thinking I had to be something that I wasn't. And then I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I want to do. And then with the draft, like I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to go to SmackDown because I definitely think like we needed to be on separate brands. And I don't think they realized what like the domino effect would be after splitting a tag team up. It's like, especially us too. So when we got to SmackDown, um, you know, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but TJ helped me a lot. Like I would, there was one time I was like, you're my new Cassie because everything that I would vent to Cass, I was just saying to TJ, that's why he's so special. He listened to me. We would talk for hours at TVs. He would listen to me and he would support me. And he was like, if this is what you want to do, do it. And I was like, I just want to be myself. I just want to make people laugh and make people smile. That's all I want to do. You know, I was attracted to wrestling from the promos, from the rock, from the over the top personalities. That's what like drew me into this business. That's what I wanted to do. So when the headshot resume kind of like fell into my first promo, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to keep, there's something here. I want to keep doing this. And um, I spoke to, to the writers and luckily they were on board, but I was really able to just like insert myself into all these little bits and I was having so much fun. I really was. And then working with the Riot Squad for like all those weeks on TV, like we were, we were just having the best time. And I'm so thankful for those girls. I was a big fan of edgy Billy Kay. It was great. And the amount of praise that I got backstage after that, I was like, oh, if I'm remembered for anything and it's this, I would be happy, 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 happy. It was just so much fun. And I, and I, I think that's what made it more of a shock. Because I was booked, you know, there were a couple of weeks here and there, but, but I was, and I was able to like work with all the girls, which not many people get to do. And then I, I, I was, you know, doing promos with like E and the Street Profits and it, it was just so much fun for me. I was really enjoying it. And then I'm so grateful that I was able to be at WrestleMania and be in that match because that was my last one, which I think is very special. So I'm just trying to stay positive, but the shock and the, and the raw emotion is definitely still there. And I think it will be for a while. Cause like you said, you're seven, eight months out and it, and it still hits you from time to time. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on and being able to hang out with me a little bit here on oral sessions. Make sure everybody check out off her chops, <laughs> your little pork chops. And you guys are going to come back on. You're going to guest host an episode while I am learning how to breastfeed a baby. <laughs> Aww. Yes. We'll help you out, mate. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's been a lot of fun. Good luck with everything. You guys are going to absolutely crush it. 
you know, when the time comes up and you get all this like bullshit out of the way, I have no doubt that whatever the next project is you guys do, you're going to absolutely kill. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you, darling. This is Cassie. And this is Jesse, And you are listening to Oral Sessions. <laughs> and you might know us. From Off Her Chops. Off Her Chops, the podcast. Off Her Chops, the podcast. Uh, look, good friend Renee, she gave us a little ring and ding ding on the phone and said, guys, I need you to help me out. I'm, I'm going on maternity leave. I'm, I'm popping out the baby and I'm going to have time away. And we said, what do you need, Renee? And she said, just come on and, and host one of my oral sessions. And we said, of course, whatever you need, done, whatever you need. So Cass, we're here. We're either ready to go. And who do we have lined up for today? Our guest today, two women we have been dying to get in the ring with. They are AEW's Tainara Conti and Anna Jay. Ladies, welcome. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Look, I'm going to start off with a hard-hitting question first off. Uh, I want to know what you both uh, eat and what your workout schedule is like um, because, wow, you guys look great. Look great. Well, let's be honest. We both eat pizza and burger almost every day. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's you. I actually try to eat really healthy so I can have abs like her, but I still don't. Anna, let me ask you, my darling, you're so beautiful. Just look at you, just sitting there, you bloody angel, you. <laughs> um, I wanted to get into how you kind of got into the dark order and work, what, what was working with Brody like? So um, whenever I first got signed, they had talked about putting me in the dark order and then they kind of went back and forth on whether or not it was a good fit for me. And I didn't know if it was a good fit for me either, obviously, but I was going to do whatever. Um, and I actually met Brody the day that I got signed and he was super sweet. And then when I actually joined, everyone was super welcoming. All the guys were, um, especially him. I felt like he was like a big brother, father figure at work for me, like always helping, always welcoming, always joking around and made me feel comfortable and he would always help me too I always say like he would watch my stuff and then give me feedback and I didn't even ask for that so we didn't have to especially now it's like it really means a lot to me because now I don't have that exactly in the dark order just a bunch of knuckleheads but we're great so what was the best piece of advice he gave you he always said you know whenever I went out there like basically to treat it like it was real. Obviously, you don't hurt anyone, but just to go out there and just have the mindset of like, this is real and it'll be portrayed that way. So that helped a lot. Oh, I love that. I feel like that's kind of lost in pro wrestling these days where people are just kind of playing the role of a pro wrestler. But when we treat it like it's real, like you're saying, I feel like it just tells a story so much easier. Exactly. And like you said, it's like people really believe it then. So it helps. He's definitely watching down on everyone. We've got our angel up there. Oh my gosh. Whoa, I want to start crying. I saw a red cardinal today and, and I was like, I feel like that means something. So I Googled it and it's, it's basically like an angel watching you. I've never seen a red cardinal today. And today I saw one and I was like, I thought to myself, I'm not really, I can't think of who that might be. And of course it's today because I'm like, with you guys. We're talking. Oh. <laughs> you freaked me out then. I was like, what's wrong? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now, Tay, you are from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Did I say that right with my accent? 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah, you did. Correct. Okay, lovely. And you're quite fascinating to me because you grew up, I've got here, I've got my notes here, guys. I've got black belt in judo, blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And this is something that I didn't even know about you. You participated in the trials for the Brazilian Olympic team for the 2016 Summer Olympics. I mean, talk about an athlete. Um, So I would love for you to kind of talk us through how it was growing up in all those sports and kind of what drove you for that and then the transition to America. I started in sports when I was seven years old. That was my whole life. I was, uh, my family was really poor in Brazil. And then sports was kind of like my escape to have like a better life, opportunities and other things, right? And then my mom put me in gymnastics first, but I didn't like it. And then I saw judo and I was like, that's my life. I want to fight. And then I fell in love for judo. And then when I was 11 years old, I was already like uh, in the Brazilian team. And then I was like, yeah, that's my life. That's what I want to do. That's that's what I love to do. So, and then my mom started seeing that like judo gave me like opportunity to go to better schools because they paid for it. And then I went to the university, like uh, just a law school and then judo paid for it because my mom would never be able to pay for it. So they gave me a lot of opportunities. I left, I left home when I was 15 to travel and then like train. So everything was going crazy in my life. I was never really home since I was 15 and then on 2016 I got opportunity to because my ranking was going up in judo with my matches and then I got an opportunity to try out for the Olympic Games that was like my biggest dream my goal in my career unfortunately I lost and then I thought you know you you think it's like oh my career is over you know I was super young but at the moment it felt like it that was when pro wrestling became a thing in my life. Wrestling is not a big thing in Brazil. I never watched it. I never knew about it before. That was not a thing at all for me. It's hard because normally everybody that asks like, oh, who's your favorite? who was your favorite wrestling growing up? I'm like, I don't have it because I never watched it till I came here. So WWE contacted me and then they asked me to do a tryout. And I said, no, because I was like, I don't know what it is. And in my mind, I was like, I'm not getting out of my country to go like to a different country to do something that I don't even know what it is. I'm not going to lie. I thought that was like, I don't know if my accent will help with this word, but I thought that was some type of like prostitution or something because like I'm not getting out of my country. I didn't, I didn't know. I had no idea what it was. But then I knew Adrian and he was in... I asked him and then I was like, yeah, let's do it. It's a good opportunity. So that's how pro wrestling like became a thing in my life. That's great. And I love when you talk about your family too. When was the last time you saw them? Because with the pandemic, it's been a while for all of us. Are you close with your family and kind of would you like to go back and visit, obviously, um, when everything opens back up? But when was the last time you saw them? I don't want to cry. <laughs> um, that was two years ago. I always go home like once a year because of our schedule back in WWE was crazy. So I was just able to go there in December. And then everything happened with pandemic and then I was not able to go. I'm really close to my mom, my sisters, and I have a little one. She's eight right now. So it's hard. We're the same as you. We haven't been home in almost two years. 
So we got you back. We'll send you our love too. We're all in this together. So hopefully everything opens up soon and we can go hug our mums. <laughs> hey, I think we were um, at your WWE tryout. Do you remember that? Uh, a little bit. I remember more like Bailey because she was screaming at me all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like with the tryouts, like there's so many people there, but they are specifically looking at one or two people. And I remember you being one of the people that they were looking at and you were just, obviously you didn't have pro wrestling experience, but you were just such a standout for how good of an athlete you were. And you just already had that like star quality about you. So like I knew before I knew that they were going to sign you because it was just like, how could they not? But so how was that experience? You said Bailey was yelling at you. That was crazy because honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. I'll be 100% honest, no idea. But then because of like my background, I was like, that's a competition and I want to win. And then I was like, what am I winning? Like, I don't even know, but like, it's a lot of people, it's a competition and I'm going to do, I'm going to be the best. That was my mentality. (laughs) And then I was just doing, and I didn't know any English. Like I didn't know how to say hi back then, right? And I had to watch it first and then try to do it. And I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I need to be copying what people are doing because I have no clue. But then that was fun, you know, like that was, that was a great opportunity. I will never forget. And I remember, but like, every time I was doing the stance, she was like, <sighs> screaming at my face. She was motivating me like, hell yeah, I like this. Well, I mean, that just speaks to your like star power and how much potential you had that you came into this world, didn't know left from right, didn't know up from down and you really prevailed. And uh, that's awesome to hear. And, and Anna, I'd love to know, so you're from Brunswick, Georgia, Wikipedia told me. That's correct, isn't it? The South, very South. Very South. I'd love to know how you got into wrestling. Were you a fan growing up as a child? And kind of how did you get into wrestling school and how did that all come about to you? My dad was always a huge wrestling fan, so I would just sit down and watch it with him. And it was kind of a joke because I have two brothers and they never watched it, but, like, I loved it. Um, and so I always wanted to do it. And I was always telling my parents, like, I really think I can do this one day. And I was probably like 10 years old and they were always really supportive and like, yeah, you probably can. Like you should try. It kind of fell into my lap in the best way possible because I was in college where I am from. It's kind of confusing. My aunt is good friends with Glacier, who is from WCW. And he is the one who owns the power factory, which is now the nightmare factory, um, in Atlanta with QT Marshall. And so she was, I guess, just talking to him saying like, yeah, my niece loves wrestling. She's always wanted to try it, blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, well, tell her to come to the school and try it. And so whenever I found out, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is it. Like, I have to try it. Let's see. Um, So I drove to Atlanta, which is about five hours from where I'm from, um, where I live now. And I went to a wrestling camp and I loved it. Didn't know anything kind of like Tynar. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I've never stepped into a ring before. And I went to a wrestling camp. I'm like, this is really intimidating but I loved it and I knew it was something I wanted to do so and I knew too that I would have to move in order to follow this dream because you know you have to put your all into it so I was like okay I'm gonna move dropped out of college Uh, I think it was about five months later I ended up moving to Atlanta to train full-time and then here I am wow that's incredible when the wrestling call comes you you just answer it I I love those stories that's awesome and I'm not exactly sure how you hurt your shoulder how did how did that happen how's recovery going unfortunately I don't know if the surgery was not what it was supposed to be or recovery or anything like that I'm not sure 
I ended up tearing my labrum in my shoulder again in training. And that's what you had done previously? Like you injured it the first time? Same arm, same tear, everything. They just think that maybe the first surgery was not 100% well done. And yeah, I just tore my labrum, found out. Obviously, I was really bummed out, but I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, this surgery is the charm and I don't have to worry about this ever again. But unfortunately, injuries are a part of what we do, so... That's exactly right. I feel like I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had anything super serious happen, but I like you're totally right. It's I feel like every wrestler is going to have some sort of an injury throughout their career. Jess, you've been pretty lucky. You've only had a bloody nose in 15 years. Knock on wood, I've only ever had a bloody nose and it was from uh, one of my friend's chests. I ran into his chest and it just made my nose bleed. But that's it. But I've been super lucky. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and, and joining us. I hope you guys had fun. we just like to get to know you a bit more and have, have a good time with you both. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you, and I really hope to meet both of you in the ring soon. I'm dying. If, if, it, if, it, if it gets to happen, let's let's yes. positive energy. Yes. Yes. Let's all yes. Yes. All right. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the best of for oral sessions. We just mash up the best from the week, let you guys get the little highlights. You can go back and listen to the full length episodes. Should you choose to do so? I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out. And I, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Paquette, search for the volume network, and you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got the full length interviews. Find them all on there. Like, subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on Oral Sessions. Oral Sessions.